Welcome to Uncharted Careers. I'm Courtney Hartman, and I talk with guests each week about their career paths to give listeners an insider look into different industries, how folks have made decisions in their careers, and we'll explore what each guest has learned along the way. I'm on a mission to share knowledge that is only learned in the field outside of a classroom. Join me to find inspiration for your own career. I'm super excited to have my friend Chris on today. He and I started working together in 2015 at Serve and have remained really close friends ever since. He joined as a product designer and was working to redesign our platform. And now he's a senior user experience designer at a healthcare technology company. So Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. Well, I'd love to start off just by talking a little bit more about what you do in your current role. Uh, so in my current role, I am a user experience designer. Uh, I sit on a product team and uh, work closely with our engineering team. I work really closely with uh, our fellow, fellow product team members, the product managers. And yeah, I work on a um, B2B SaaS platform. And yeah, that's what I've um, kind of been focusing on for the last maybe decade or so in my career. I'm curious at your current company, what does the launch of a new product look like and what is your role in that? Yeah, so whenever we're launching a new product, more often we are improving on an existing product, but it might be better to talk about what it's like to create a product from beginning to finish. Um, So first there needs to be, it needs to align with a larger business goal within the company. Mm -hmm. And once we can identify what the need is in our market, or if it's maybe something a specific client has requested, maybe a large client. Uh, A lot of research and discovery goes into that very early phase because you never want to get directly into anything without having a really solid foundation. And Mm -hmm. I think when you do that work er earlier in the process, the rest of the work hopefully sort of falls into place. So a lot of the early, earlier stages involve a lot of user research with our existing clients and with our users, Mm -hmm. uh, just understanding what their uh, current workflow is like and what their needs are and what their pain points are and sort of determining how our product can best fit those needs. And as a designer, are you in those conversations? uh, Yes, I am. So, yeah, so user experience design is interesting in that it's not purely user interface design. So I think when a lot of people think of web designers, for example, that a lot of that is user experience or user interface design, which is Mm -hmm. more about the look and feel of a product. Uh, Whereas user experience design uh, encompasses that and a little bit more, it's more about understanding more of the, the persona and the, and the personal and psychological background of the user and how we should be tailoring our product to that. Um, So that does require a user experience designer being involved early in the process, just because all the work that goes into this project does still need to be aligned with the needs of the user. And sometimes that does get lost in that process because things get sidetracked or there are a lot of maybe competing priorities from different teams within the company Mm -hmm. where by by the end of that, sometimes the the customer's voice gets lost. And so user experience, I think more than anyone really advocates for the experience of the customer 
uh, over everything else. What attracted you to do UX design? So that is, I don't know if it's a long story, but I can. <laughs> uh, so I originally um, wanted to uh, create video games. I wanted to be a video game designer. Mm. That's originally why I moved here to New York. Um, but as I was doing that and also being exposed to different types of design, um, that's when I moved into uh, UI design, user interface design. And my first role was at a company that was a small user experience studio, but I wasn't doing UX work for them. I was just a designer who worked at a UX studio. And mm -hmm. that's where I was really, really introduced to all that user experience entails. And I was so fascinated by it because it is... I think it's very much the crossroads between technology and human behavior. Yeah. And it really blew my mind how much impact understanding a user's psychology can have on the product. Because you should never be creating a product and wanting to fit your customer base into using that correctly. Yeah. You should be creating a product based on what the customer wants. So that's, I think that's been a paradigm shift in the last 20-ish years or so. So yeah, it was more just that it was, it considered the user as more of a whole person. And I really like being, um, being a part of that. Have you thought about still designing video games? Do you feel like that's in your future at all? I, so I did do it very, very briefly at the beginning of my career. Um, at this point, I I'm not sure if it's in my future because I'm uh, that would be kind of a major career switch for me. But uh, I think at this point, I'm just happy to be someone who plays video games rather than creates them. More of a passion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. When I was doing game design, this would have been the early teens. Mm -hmm. It was still the industry I found was very... Um, kind of hostile to minorities. And this has been well documented yeah. ever, ever since then. I think it's kind of a known thing in the game development world that uh, discrimination has consistently been an issue. So that made it difficult for me as someone who is um, multiple minorities yeah. uh, in a few ways wow. to, uh, to feel comfortable in that, uh, in that space. So it also seemed very, it was very, cutthroat, which is, um, I think, to be expected. But it was there are a number of things about the environment that made me wonder if that was the best. Even though I really enjoyed the final product as in my personal life, it made me wonder if I did actually want to be part of the, the creation of that. Mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah, that's from there, that's when I moved toward more um, user interface and user experience design. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely understand the love for UI, UX, and how that fits into creating products that is helping people. I'm curious, as you've made changes in the companies that you've worked at, how do you vet those companies out? What are you looking for as a UI, UX designer to understand if this is going to be a great fit for you? So 
I think there are a number of things that I personally look for uh, in a company. Uh, I think size matters. Some companies mm -hmm. I've worked at have just been like a few people. Others have been like a thousand people. And so just knowing the way that I work in the kind of kind of environment I want to work in and the number of employees and the size of a company and how long the company has been around do you play a factor in my decision making process I also really look at how much rapport the teams have with each other particularly product and engineering yeah and just what that what that vibe is like and how um, how aligned they are with each other because I think it's really easy for specific teams to, I guess, not have enough empathy for the priorities of other teams and, and what other teams are responsible for. Mm -hmm. So I think I, one thing I lo look for is everyone sort of being aligned in that respect toward yeah. a common goal. One thing I especially always look out for is, does this company understand what user experience design is mm -hmm. and what role it plays in the product development process? Because I think historically, and even today, people think of sort of all designers in the tech space as the people who just make things look nice. Yeah. Like there are so many times where it's like, People say, oh, Chris is going to make this look nice or Chris is going to make this look pretty. And it's like, yes, that is one aspect of my job. <laughs> one very small part of it. Yeah. I once received something from, this was like a, a number of companies ago. I received a file from someone and the, there was no context, but the file name was called pretty this up, please <laughs> dot, dot PNG. <laughs> So that's, it was very clear what people thought my role was. Yeah. Um, so it is frustrating when you have a lot to bring to the table and people only see just a very specific part that aligns with their own understanding or their own conception of what your job is. Mm -hmm. um, I think in the worst cases, people think that UX designers are graphic designers or something just completely unrelated in that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, graphic design is in my wheelhouse, but it's not the only thing. Where have you seen companies be successful in doing that education within the company even to allow other folks to understand what or the importance of UI UX as it relates to overall company goals and initiatives? So I think one of the best ways I've seen that happen is when cross-functional uh, user experience workshops are held internally, oh, okay. uh, which is something that I've been um, trying to do these last few months within my own company. And mm -hmm. these workshops involve people from every, uh, every team internally and brings them through really sort of exploratory creative exercises to um, to work toward a common goal that everyone wants to fully understand and be um, aligned on. Mm -hmm. And I think at those other moments where people think, oh, user experience is a, is a lot more than just making thing look, things look nice. It's A lot of it is about really distilling 
the problem from the user's perspective. So requiring a lot of empathy of like, what is this person going through as they use our product? Mm -hmm. And how do each of our each of our teams touch that process? And where do our where do our expertise lie? And who's responsible for what and when? And I think when people understand that that's part of the UX process, it gives them a little bit of a better idea. Yeah, that makes sense. What does a typical day look like for you as a UI UX designer? Yeah, so my my day begins with um, checking my email, uh, seeing what's on my schedule, where my meetings are. And that actually is a sort of challenging part of being a designer is that when I'm in meetings, I'm not actually able to do my my work, my work work, mm-hmm. which requires me sitting at a computer and you know, doing research or doing design. So the more meetings I have, the less time I have to actually get my work done. Yeah. So that's why looking at my schedule is important because it's like some days I'll have um, six hours of work I'm able to do. Some days if I have a lot of meetings, I'll have three hours. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Uh, I look at each of the individual tasks I have to do. Some of them are small. They can take an hour or two. Some of them are a lot longer. They can take a day or a few days. And yeah, I prioritize them based on when they're due. And I see who is involved in that project and what's required and where I need to pick up from there. Uh, Yeah. And then I just sit down and work on it. Yeah. So when you have an open block of four hours and you can just work on your individual work, yeah, what are you actually doing? Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm usually in some design software, primarily Figma. Okay. At the moment, I say at the moment because the, the software, the most popular software for this stuff has changed so much, even within the past few years. So right now, it the main one people use is Figma. But I think within a few years, maybe something else will come along. So it's design software, just like any other you know, like Photoshop or Illustrator, but Figma is specifically for web design and user interface patterns Mm -hmm. and all of those things. So you wouldn't exactly use Figma to make any art or illustrations, but, um, but it's really good for, for any web related Mm -hmm. visuals. How did you learn Figma? So I was able to learn Figma pretty quickly because before that I was using a program called Sketch. Mm -hmm which previously was the industry standard before Figma came along. So um, so I think anyone who knew Sketch could pick up Figma in, mm-hmm. in a second. It was, so there's, that, was, that was pretty convenient. But before Sketch, I was using Adobe Illustrator for all of my um, user interface design. And so the switch from, so that's an Adobe product. Um, so Adobe also has like Photoshop and Premiere and, and mm-hmm. all of those things. But yeah, once I learned how to use Sketch, moving to Figma was was very easy. Is this software that you could learn potentially in a classroom or is it really self-taught? Oh, like, absolutely. Can you take classes? Okay. Yeah, you can, um, I mean, you can do any of it. You can, you can take a class, you can be self-taught. Um, I'm sure if you even just, there must be YouTube videos or courses that, where you can learn it yourself. But once you learn how to use the actual 
like know what all the capabilities are. The important thing is to actually start to practice them because if you if you don't practice them regularly, um, you will. I mean, it's like learning a language. Yeah, you can learn it in a classroom, but unless you actually practice it outside of the classroom, you're gonna forget it or not develop the muscle memory for it. Yeah, that makes sense. What's been your least favorite part of working in UI, UX design, or in tech in general? My least favorite part about working in UI, UX is, I think, how little it's understood. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it requires um, a lot of explanation when people are, which is fine. Uh, It's I think it's good for um, for people to learn something for the first time, but but yeah, it's a little it's a little tricky sometimes being at a company where people aren't exactly sure what you do, yeah. but you're just sort of there. And with regards to being in the tech world, I think there is often this grind mentality that is over glorified. This is not specific to tech, though. This is like kind of um, this can apply to a lot of industries, but, yeah. um, but yeah, there can be this like, um, and I think you and I have both experienced this where there will be a company that's been around for many years and still referred to itself as a startup Yeah, <laughs> and, and where they say like, we expect people to wear many hats when what that means is we expect you to do a number of jobs, but we're only paying you for one, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I see that the most often in the tech world. Yeah, and one of the larger challenges is that everything moves so quickly and develops so quickly. So I can work, look at work that I've done three years ago and it already looks very outdated. And if you're not constantly keeping up with the most, with the latest software, then you can very, very quickly fall behind. So on the one hand, it's, it's it's exciting that it progresses so quickly. On the other hand, there's always this fear, at least a fear that I have, is that I'll lose relevance yeah. if I take my eye off the ball for a second. So, um, especially now that I am that I've been doing this for a while, it's becoming more and more of a concern that um, I just need to be certain that I'm that I'm up to date and using just adopting the latest the latest standards and the latest software and techniques. Yeah. How do you keep up to date on even just general trends? Are you taking classes regularly outside of what's offered to you within your organization or are there publications that you're reading? Uh, yeah. So as far as I do take classes, um, mostly related to uh, data visualization at the moment, but I think it's more just reading reading publications and seeing what other work is being put out there. Um, frankly, a lot of it is just inspiration from other people's work. Mm-hmm. There's a saying in the design world that I absolutely love, which is good artists copy, great artists steal. Mm-hmm. And when I was still in art school, I thought it was such a cynical thing to say, but now that I've that I'm actually been I've actually been doing this it is completely true. <laughs> if you if you are doing a really good job, you are not coming up you, you cannot come up with something new from scratch that is better than something that's already been made. Mm. You can only ever build off of something that's already been made. 
mm-hmm. because chances are somebody or some company has done it better than than you could come up with. And it's a matter of taking the best parts of that and seeing how you could use it to, um, I don't know, create something better for your company. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of wins are celebrated in UI, UX? I mean, I work in sales and we have such clear-cut wins. And I'm curious where in other departments, how are you all celebrating you know, some sort of success? What are those successes? Right. That's a good question. Um, so in terms of, I, th- I think the, the most obvious win is when we get something out the door because mm-hmm. we've been working on it for a long, long time. And so when something actually gets launched, that is always very exciting. But for the most part, wins are not these very distinct events because you're always, um, even when you put a product out there, you then have to to validate it to see if it's successful or if it's not. And usually you're not putting out like a fully, you're just putting out um, like the bare minimum of a product. We call that um, minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if that works. If it does, then we can build off of it. If it doesn't, then we need to go back and rethink some things. Um, from a UX perspective, I think the biggest wins are when we are able to interview our users and learn that the changes that we've made have made their lives easier, mm-hmm. have made their workday easier. For me, a big win from a UX perspective is that when we get positive feedback from our users that our product has improved their lives, improved their workflow. That means that we have heard them and accurately uh, integrated their needs into the way that we built a product. So that's like the ultimate satisfaction for me is that we improve someone's life in this in this small way. How do you think about your future? Do you have more that you want to take on or are you thinking about what could be next? Uh, at the moment, I, I mean, I do really enjoy what I do. So I think I will, um, continue to do it in terms of what more I want to do. I, so I originally wanted to be an artist, Mm um, and I, I want to really return to a lot of that because Mm -hmm. going into UX and now working for tech companies it is I find myself in much more of a corporate environment than I ever anticipated I would be in. Yeah. I thought that I would just live in an art studio and create art for the rest of my life. So this is quite different from that. Yeah. And I sort of miss having that creative outlet. Um, so all the, all the things I want to do outside of, outside of work would be in the, in the service of really regaining my, my creative, um, my creative practice and fulfilling that need to, um, I don't know, create my own work. Yeah. Have you been working on anything lately? Uh, I have been getting back into drawing and painting. Mm. Uh, I, 
have recently been trying watercolor specifically, which out of all the different types of paint has been the one that is most um, intimidating to me. So mm-hmm. I'm trying something new. Uh, but yeah, I, I used to, I used to illustrate a lot and I want to get back into that as well. Oh, very cool. These are things that I unfortunately am not able to do at my current job because mm-hmm. they're just not part of the role. But, um, but I do feel like these things are missing from my life. Yeah. It's good to have those side hobbies that you're also passionate about. Yep. As you've progressed in your career over the past 15 years, what do you wish you had known sooner that you learned along the way? I wish I'd known to, I guess, just be more confident in myself. Mm-hmm. It, it was hard, especially early in my career when, on the one hand, I thought that everything I was doing was absolutely amazing. I was like so like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> um, but at the same time, there was so much uh, imposter syndrome that I was simultaneously second-guessing every single thing I ever did. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, there was no need for me to do that. I was following my instincts and I was doing them correctly. And I wish I'd known earlier that I am specialized in a role that others in my company do not, or they don't have that specialization. And I should have felt more comfortable um, voicing my voicing my views rather than deferring to um, others who might not understand or understand user experience design as well as I do. Yeah, it's hard being a team of one. I've been in that position before where you're the only person at your company that's doing what you do and folks just aren't aware of your day-to-day and why it's important. And yeah, you got to have that internal confidence, I think, in yourself to know that it's important and to be able to communicate why it's important. Yeah. Another thing that I didn't know early on or I wasn't able to, yeah, I guess I just, I didn't really understand the importance of this, but um, just developing relationships with people and other teams is so essential. Just having that alignment, but not only that, just making sure people know who you are and what you contribute and how they can help you and how you can help them. I think is so invaluable because mm-hmm. coming from an art and design background, I was only ever used to working with other artists and, de- and designers. And so it was very, um, everyone was generally on the same page because um, the the skill set was similar or just the, the mindset was similar. But um, as I started working at companies where I'd be like interfacing with the um, sales teams or the or the customer support teams, it was, I think I found it, I think I found it a little intimidating because I didn't know, yeah, I guess I didn't know how to build those relationships or mm-hmm. how important it was to build those relationships. So I do wish that I had done a better job of that early on because ultimately everybody's work affects everybody else. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're all one team working together to move things forward. Yeah. What advice do you have for somebody who is potentially interested in UI UX? So my advice would be, well, I think I would give different advice to someone depending on where they are in their own career. Mm -hmm. I think what's very popular these days is to take these UX boot camps mm. where you learn um, you learn a, a lot of UX in a really short amount of time. I think that is a good step. Yeah, and just learning as much as you as much as you possibly can. There are a huge amount of resources uh, online as well. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for talking to me today. It was super interesting learning more about what you have been doing and how you've made decisions in your career and where you find that passion. Thank you for having me. Go to unchartedcareers.com if you're interested in one-on-one -on -one career coaching or are looking to learn more about uncharted careers and my coaching approach. Thanks for listening. Thank you.